Hey everyone, grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Friday, May 1st, and instead of the typical Conversation Friday, I really wanted to keep these meditations on hope going for the end of the week. And so today we have guest hosting our podcast, Matt Barrios. Matt is on staff at Reality. He is a leadership training and development minister, works directly with our community groups, and he is one of the most hope-filled people I've ever met. And I really wanted him to end the week with a meditation on hope. So here is Matt Barrios. Let's talk about hope. What is it, how to find it, and how hope is connected to faith in God. In Hebrews 11, we see some quick profiles of the big faith people in the Old Testament. Abel, Abraham, Moses, Rahab, and so on. And the chapter also describes big faith moments, like the enemy walls of Jericho falling, all because God's people march around them while making music. That would have taken faith in God for sure. But the first verse of chapter 11 sets up faith and how it's connected to hope. We read, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. What does this passage have to teach us about hope? There's a parallel structure in these verses. Uh, You can see it in the phrases that parallel one another. For example, confidence in what we hope for parallels assurance about what we do not see. And in the spiritual algebra of it, it appears that confidence parallels assurance, uh, which makes sense to me. The more I'm assured of something, the more I'm also confident in it. Likewise, the phrase, what we hope for, parallels what we do not see. Hope is connected to not seeing. After all, if, if you already saw something and had it, would you still need to hope for it? It turns out hope looks into an unseen place, an absence, an invisibility. Perhaps hope even looks deep in the eyes of total despair. And then it audaciously believes that what we've hoped for will happen for us in the future. In hope, we believe all kinds of things. I mean, right now for me, and I am, I am a hopeful person. I like to think future. I like to dream and envision what could be the case. And let me, let me share some of that with you right now. Um, I believe in hope for the future moment where I get to take my wife out to dinner in a real sit-down restaurant and eat it. Uh, And I believe in hope for when we'll worship together on a Sunday morning after the cure. And the hugs, when we pass the the peace to one another, uh, hugs are going to last so long they'll spill right over into the sermon. I'm calling it now. And maybe there are things that you're hoping for hoping for the cure, hoping for a promotion or a job, hoping for a romantic partner, a baby, a new home, hoping for a best friend. Or maybe you're hoping for a night out for dinner where I'm serendipitously at the table next to you. We just push the tables right next to each other and have dessert. As much as these things are what we hope for. They sadly are not what we see happening now. But this is the nature of hope. It's in things we don't see, at least not yet. This is because hope is a product of faith, deep belief in the goodness of God, 
that Jesus truly is king and he truly loves you and has a plan for your best interest that's unfolding slowly, even if at the pace of 60 seconds per minute. Just with the ticking of a clock, it's happening now. Your hope is on its way. Breathe it in. An interesting thing happens when we faithfully and patiently believe that the goodness of God is for us, for you, for me, for our families and neighbors. Our hopelessness and despair transform. They become hope in our hearts, and we begin to see our invisible objects of hope appearing slowly before our eyes. It works almost like confirmation bias, I, I think. If we are despairingly biased to believe all we have is here and there's nothing to look forward to, we're going to miss every open door swung wide in front of us. But if we hope and we raise our gaze in search of a God that will meet us and make a way, we begin to see so many possibilities. It's like a highlighter marker from heaven. Hope illuminates the path forward. Though we may not see it now, hope helps us keep our eyes open, prepared for God's gracious surprise. One final observation about Hebrews 11.1. 1. Isn't it interesting that hope and confidence go together? The best explanation I've heard about this comes from Kierkegaard. And he says, confidence is the present tense of hope. Confidence is the present tense of hope. So if you're looking to find more confidence in your present life, it's going to involve having hope for the future. If you feel like maybe you're missing confidence, you might take some time envisioning a hopeful and compelling future. Like if your life was going really well tomorrow, what would you hope is there? For me, it's a still morning and a good meal. That's what hope and tomorrow looks like for me. And I feel pretty confident that it can happen. But you can also project it out further into the future. What would you hope is true about your life in a year or two? Is it reconciliation with a loved one? A foster child placement? To be on a beach in a distant place? What are you hoping for? Take a moment, moment and express it to a God who listens and cares. Maybe you hope for a cure. I think the world is hoping for that right now. Maybe you're hoping for a hug or a non-anxious night's sleep. Maybe you're hoping for a friend to come to know Jesus. Let's pause for a second and you can just tell God about it. Breathe in that hope. And if hoping feels tough, it's okay. God is faithful to you whether you feel it or not right now. He is faithful. So have faith and rest in the faithfulness of God. So with that, I bless you to know the faithfulness of our good God, Jesus. May he encourage you deeply instill confidence in you and give you a vision for your life that you can hope in. Amen.